0: time for you to move on from this brand. And who cares what that looks like? Don't worry about if people aren't going to be able to find you or you're going to confuse people or the name is different. Like no one's going to be able to know who you are, and what you do anymore. It really just, it was a natural idea that kind of came to me. And then I acted on that invitation.
1: sing to the start right now podcast and i'm your host chloe mckenzie i'm excited to help you get off the sidelines and finally step into your calling so let's get started right now Welcome to another episode of the Start Right Now podcast. Today, I am thrilled to have this guest on the show. She is podcast goals. She is women's leadership goals. She is Courtney Sinquat. She is the founder of her company called Lead Her Inc. And it's really for women leaders who are committed to growth in all areas of her life. She's a podcaster. She is somebody that helps really women to steward write, publish, and launch their own books. Self-publishing is her thing. And today we're going to have a really powerful conversation, two people nerding out about personal development, but we're going to really focus on (laughs) how do we lead ourselves through transition, through change, through all of the craziness out there to hone in on the things that we really want in life. So Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. I am so thrilled to be here.
0: Thank you so much, Chloe. I have been looking forward to this for a long time, so I'm, I'm glad we're finally here doing
1: this. Me too, me yes. too. I see you, all the things that you talk about, I'm like, man, Courtney and I could just jam on leadership, on human design, on yeah. love languages, on brain types, there's so much that I want to get into uh, with yes. you today, but I, I want you, in your own words, introduce yourself, tell us what you're all about. Sure.
0: So I am a publishing consultant. I run a publishing agency called Leader Publishing. And of course, I have the overarching brand Leader Inc. So I'm really passionate about helping women to lead themselves into something that is really impactful. So self-publishing is where I went because in 2018, that's the first real product that I had as part of my business when I was growing from kind of a side business to a part-time business to a full-time business. And I realized that there's a lot of women who may want to do something similar, create a really impactful journal or a really impactful book, to share their voice, serve their audience, but they just don't know how to do it logistically. So it sort of happened organically. I just wanted to publish my own journal at first. And then I published another journal and then some joint venture projects on and a couple other journals. And then I self-published my own book, Momfident AF um, in February, 2020. And so... It, it happened really organically and now I'm so obsessed with this process. I love doing it. it's my zone of genius and it's such a powerful way to share your voice to spread your impact to have um, you know a piece of you in one place that can really get people to know you and understand you whether it's a concept you're sharing, a method, your story any of those things can be put into a book. so, When I was a kid, I I grew up loving writing. I thought I was, you know, gonna be an author and was told by a lot of authority figures, it's really hard to become an author. That's not a realistic goal. You're not gonna make a lot of money as a writer. So that was the conditioning I had. And for a long time I believed that because why wouldn't you? And then in 2016, 2017, I started investigating what would it look like if I just did it myself? Because technology is changing. 2018 is when that actually happened. And then I've just been so obsessed with the process since then. Things have changed. You no longer have to wait for a publishing, traditional publishing house to pick you, to select you, to say you're good enough to write a book. You can share your message. You can have people support you and making sure it's communicated properly. You know, there's editors, there's interior, like there's all kinds of expertise that can go into it. And I came from the fitness industry and then things changed around 2018. And I was thinking, like, I want to get into doing my own thing. It was never a dream of mine to be an entrepreneur, but it happened really naturally. So Human design has actually helped me learn how to lean into things when they're starting to happen, to accept and trust the invitations that come my way and to act on them instead of feeling that resistance or feeling that fear and to just move on things that feel really good. Mm-hmm. So it's been a really fun journey. The last, since, since 2018 is when I really started taking off 20, 2015 is when I started online um, with blogging and just kind of getting into the space. So it's been a really fun path for the last few years.
1: Well, funny that you say that, you know, yes, there are certainly so many logistical challenges when we think about the things that we want to do, but more than anything, um, and you said it on your social uh, this week, a lot of the times it really is about listening, listening to the voice inside that's got some curiosity about something and then picking yourself. Right. Yes. Not waiting for somebody to assign you or to grant you the permission to move into this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's dig into human design then a bit. Sure. What are some of the ways that we need to be tuned into what's happening, what we're feeling, what we're curious about? You know, how do we channel that when we're unsure? Human design, if
0: you haven't heard of it, is a tool that can really help you to understand your energy. It really is an energetic blueprint of each individual human being. And more and more in my life, I'm realizing that, you know, we really are so unique, just as unique as our fingerprints. Everyone is different. So no matter what you look at in life, a fitness program, a business plan, a course you want to take, not one single human being is going to get the exact same results as another human being. You could tell me you do this great fitness program. Hey, you should try this. I've lost 20 pounds or I've gained strength or I've done this or done that. And I could do the exact same thing and apply it to me. And I can have completely different results. We are so, so unique as human beings and our energies are unique as well. So human design, I came across this in 2019, I believe is when I really started kind of digging into it. I took a program to do with it and it's leaning into your uniqueness, the uniqueness of your energy type. And so you can, you know, categorize yourself into one of five energy types, which is kind of like, you know, if if you, if I were to ask you what your uh, star sign is or your horoscope, we could have the same star sign and then get the same horoscope, but like we're completely different. Like we don't just fall into that one lump category, right? So yes, there are five energy types in human design. My energy type is called a projector. Um, projectors are 20% of the population. So not as common, but they're not the most rare. Um, and projectors aren't designed to work, 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 work work all the time. Projectors have a limited supply of energy versus another energy type that's called a generator, they have constant, like a regular consistent supply of energy. They can go, 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 go. So even just listening to the two of those things, you might even clarify for yourself, like, ooh, I'm a person who needs a lot of rest. I need a lot of alone time. I don't feel like I can go like the Energizer bunny. And then some of you might be like, I feel like the Energizer bunny. I can go all night long. I can stay up late, get up early. Um, So human design has really given me, I guess the permission to understand that I am unique and different from anybody else. Even as a projector, there are so many things that differentiate you as a person. Even if I just, you know, call myself a projector, there's a bunch of different things that would make me um, completely different from someone else who is a projector. An easy way to kind of think about it is if you've seen the chakra system, you know, all the chakras from the crown to the root, human design will give you a chart with similar sort of energy centers. So there are nine energy centers. And when you get your chart, some of the centers are colored in and some of them are white. And when they're colored in, that means that they are closed or defined. And there's a regular, there's a regular consistent energy field to that, to that center. And if they're, if they're open, they're white. And that means you get inspiration from other places. You don't have consistent supply to energy. So this is like tip of the iceberg, scratch the surface level details about human design. If what I'm saying interests you, I always recommend a few resources. Number one, one of my human design coaches, um, aligned by Design HD, She's on Instagram under that name. She has a Facebook group Aligned by Design and a podcast Aligned by Design. Because I'm not an expert at human design, but it has changed a lot for me in terms of how I operate, how I make decisions, how I trust that a decision might be right for me. It helped me build my confidence because before I was a publishing company, I was and AF was my brand. And I talked a lot about mindset and confidence. And that was to do with your body and accepting the way you look and things like that. And then until I learned about human design, I realized that's the thing that makes me feel the most confident because I feel really confident in who I am. And when I'm making decisions and those are the things that really affect you on a really deep level. Mm. So, I mean, I could talk for hours about human design, as you've seen, I've just rambled for, I don't even know, five minutes. I need to stop and take a breath because I talk so much much. about
1: it. I'm I'm so new to it, but (laughs) what I'm really taking away is it's so important and helpful to have a foundation that you can actually refer to when you're making decisions about what's right for you in your business, what's right for you in your career, what's right for you in how you parent. So was that a big part of what informs even how you rebranded Momfident to lead her? Like was it some of the human design stuff that really got you to, hey, let's think about making a pivot or a change here?
0: Yes, for sure. So there's there's two things because when I was deciding to leave my corporate job, I didn't know about human design. And so I was struggling, even though I felt like I wanted to leave, I was struggling with the decision to leave because I was concerned about what's everyone gonna think. I've always been this person. Everyone knows me by this title. You know, what are my parents going to think when I leave this, this corporate regular job that I've grown to do for 15 years of my life? And so I can see now looking back that if I had known about human design back then, it would have informed me a little bit better about making the decision, what feels right, listening to my intuition, that kind of thing. And then when it came to you know, there was a period of time where I was building my brand as Muffin and AF, and you know, created the podcast, started my self love journal, started doing some mindset and confidence coaching, building this platform. And then at the end of 2020, I was starting to feel a bit disconnected from the term, from the brand. Um, I still, you know, I still like the idea of being bold and out there and in your face, and that's kind of the way that the name came about because it was very bold and in your face. It had a reference to a swear word in the title. You know, it was very bold. Um, And I just had this kind of like whisper, like, it's time for you to move on. It's time for you to move on from this brand. And who cares what that looks like? Don't worry about if people aren't going to be able to find you or you're going to confuse people or the name is different. Like no one's going to be able to know who you are and what you do anymore. It really just, it was a natural idea that kind of came to me. And then I acted on that invitation. And if I had not known about human design, I would have let it play out in my mind, like, the masculine energy sort of logistics of rebranding. And I probably would have been like, never mind, because rebranding comes with a lot of nuts and bolts. <laughs> like, there's a lot to do if you're going to change the whole name of your brand, the brand colors, your website, your socials, like communicating the change that you're changing your brand's name. I could have, le- I would have let that stop me because it's a lot of work to do that. And I think just one piece of advice would be like, let go of the perfection that you think you need to project. I haven't had any issues since I've rebranded. In fact, my brand has grown massively in the last... I rebranded in January. And so for the first quarter and like into April and now into May, I think that's an example of the fact that we are too hard on ourselves sometimes. We think we have to have everything perfect before we launch the thing or before we start talking about the thing. And that's just... It's not true. It's just something we tell ourselves in our heads. And I understand wanting to put out good work, but the perfection thing is like something that stops us, I feel in a lot of ways.
1: So I'm feeling like it has to be has to be complete, right? Like you have to be at the end of the process end of the journey before you can offer any value or before you can, you know, proclaim that yes, I want to work with these people or serve these people, everyone feels like they have to be at the end of the here it is 100% done perfectly packaged in a box. Here you go before they feel confident, right?
0: Yeah, and it's just not the case. We all have our own unique skills. I think women have a hard time trying to decide how they're going to package up the things that they have, that they can serve and that they can offer to people, right? But we all have skills. Even if you're just deciding, like you want to start something on the side of consulting business or a coaching business alongside doing your full-time gig. You have a lot of experience, even though you haven't done online coaching. In whatever it was that you were doing before, you probably worked with people, maybe you even managed or led people. And I think we can sell ourselves short a lot of the times because we don't have something that looks like perfect in a perfect package. I know I'm not the only one or the first one, and I won't be the last one to say that. Perfectionism is just, it's stopping you from going after the things that you want. So if you want to start right now,
1: let go of the perfection. Just let it go. Just get it out of your system. 100%. There's so much of the learning that happens in the places where we're a little bit unfinished and where we're still trying to figure it out. Uh, I, I'm sure you would agree you couldn't have landed on the brand that you have now without all of the previous flubs, without, you know, the draft that you didn't quite love or, you know, the colors that now, you know, don't sit well with you. But you're like, OK, that was iteration one, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The first draft is rarely the
0: best one. This is something that lends itself very well to writing and and, you know, publishing books. The first draft is never the best one. But the thing is, you can't go back and edit if you haven't written the first draft. Otherwise, you're just staring at a blank cursor. So yes, this works very well with writing, but just in anything in life, you know, you have to try. You've got to put the first draft into place so that you can go back and edit and change and adjust and expand. And the first one is not going to be perfect, but that's okay. That's part of it. You got to put that first one out there.
1: Well, you have... Come so far in terms of your growth. And you should be so incredibly proud of what you've accomplished already. You've got over a hundred thousand downloads on your podcast. You've got your co-authoring projects. You've got two dozen best-selling books and projects. Tell us for some of the people that have. Big plans, dreams, goals, these big numbers that they're trying to hit. How can you realistically sit back and create a plan to get there? What are some of the things that you did um, that helped you uh, start to uh, achieve some of the results that you have in your business? Mm-hmm.
0: I love this question. And I'm going to go a little bit rogue here and answer it in maybe a way that you're not expecting. I love it. <laughs> I say ditch the plan. And I know that's not great business advice, but. I understand having a big vision and an idea for where you want things to go. That's important. You, you want to create, you know, if you're starting a business, what is your ideal? What, what would you really like? Who are the clients you'd like to attract? Things like that. But the only reason that I have 100K podcast downloads or, you know, 100 and it's, it's over 150 co-authors now, uh, several best-selling books, all of these things. It just started with that one book that I published, The Self-Love Journal which is still on Amazon, is actually under hashtag mom and AF self-love journal. So if you are looking for it, um, you can always just search my name, Courtney Sainte-Croix, and you'll find um, all of the books that I'm associated with there. But if I hadn't done that first book, which I would love to redo because just after it being so many years, I would love to redo it. But like we said, first draft is not the best draft. You build on it from there. But it really just started with that. That's the first thing I did. The podcast kind of came next. And so instead, I would say focus on one thing at a time, even if you have a big vision, even if you have a, a vision to have a million podcast downloads, and that's you know where you want to get to, you're not gonna get to a million if you don't have at least the first one. You're gonna need one download first before you can get a million downloads. You're gonna need one uh, you know, book first before you have multiple books that are bestsellers, right? So I think this is something people talk about in marketing a lot, you know, focus on the one, try not to think about the hundreds of thousands of people or If you're trying to build a social media platform and you have 200 followers, like think of each of those 200 people as people. They're real people. Imagine if they were standing in front of you and you were on a stage and we diminish the 200 because we want the 20,000. But what about the 200 that are right there that are supporting you now? You have an opportunity to go deeper with them, to build better connections with them, stronger connections. So try not to disregard the one. And thinking about that and how you can really give as much value as possible to the one first, because that's where things are going to grow. So it's really easy to look at. um, This has come up a lot for me lately, just seeing maybe not necessarily celebrities, but just like big influential people saying, you know, yes, I've, I've grown and had massive success and you've seen me grow and got really popular in the last year. But I've been doing this for 15 years, you know, behind the scenes when you didn't know me. I've been doing this the whole time, every day, trying to be consistent, building my brand. And now things have exploded, but I was here 15 years when you didn't see me, you know? So I think it's really important to think about that. Think about the now, think about what you can do to focus on that first thing without overwhelming yourself too much about all of the big things that you want to do. Because if you look at a huge to-do list, you're probably just going to get overwhelmed and procrastinate and not not work on it. So... I would just say, think about the first, what's the first step that you've got to do. Try not to overwhelm
1: yourself too much. I love the emphasis on thinking about each person that rallies around you as one person. And it's one at a time stacked on top of another. Yeah. You have this perception of, oh, when I get to 10,000 followers or this many people listening to my stuff, then I'll matter, then I'm important. Whereas if you've got one person that's tuned into your message, that's something, that's something mm-hmm. worth celebrating. And we, yeah, and we
0: shouldn't disregard that. One of my uh, coaches, her name's Melanie Ann Lair, um, and she's Alpha Fam. if you want to look her up. She's really influential. But I just recently did a program with her and she was explaining this concept of, you know, really focusing on the one. And she said, imagine you put a post up and one person liked it and one person commented on it. And then you were like, only one, like only one person liked it, commented, I'm going to delete it. And then that one person came back to you and said, Hey, um, I saw this post that you wrote and I really liked it and now it's gone. And you were like, yeah, you know, I put it up there, but you were the only one who liked it. So that, you know, I just, I deleted it because it was just you. Like, don't, how bad would you feel if you were that person? You're like, Oh, like you just delete. Yeah. You just delete it. Cause it was only me. Like, what about me though? So, and then she, you know, went on to say something about if someone knocked on your door you know one person knocks on your door at your house and you like look out the window and you're like oh it's just one person you know you're not going to open the door for that one person <laughs> that's a person that's there so that really changed the way that i looked at things and um in a world where these social metrics are things that people really hang their their worth on and are really so concerned about getting to the next level like i've had massive success in my business in the last 4 months and i've barely budged on, on my social media Um, and if that's any indication, you know, number of followers does not equal success.
1: Well, one of the things I love about your community and your page, while we're talking about social is a couple of things that you're, it's very clear what your stance is, what your brand is. It's very clear that you are attracting people and intentionally repelling people that, you know, I don't, I don't need you in my, my space right now. Um, but you're also somebody that is very generous about lifting others up, about really talking about the coaches, the people around you that influence your message, that support you, that help you. Um, I'd love to hear you know, how uh, that plays into... Is that part of your strategy? Is this part of your belief? And just how have you come to build the community that you have online? Oh, man. Well, thanks for noticing
0: that. I love talking about the other people in my life who have influenced me because it really is a trickle down effect, right? The same with, um, with my co author projects, we don't realize like everyone comes into a project wanting to just write a chapter and be part of this book, but we don't realize the ripple effect that it can have by reaching so many people because of this huge circle of women that are coming together to write books. Um... Yeah, I have learned a lot in the past year, and I really like to give credit where credit is due. I really love working with other women. In fact, I, I've been joking lately that my problem right now is that there's too many women who I want to do programs with and coach with. And I worked one to one with um, a coach who was really impactful for me for the first four months of this year. Her name's Carrie Russell. She's at Carrie Russell Coaching. Um, and I just really love the energy of, you know, when we're in close proximity to other really powerful women and we're able to lift each other, you know, it's like, you're It's funny. You mentioned my Instagram because the post I put up the other day, which was from a few years ago, was about how a candle doesn't lose its flame when it's lighting another person's or lighting another candle's flame. And it's the same, right? You can you can work with other women, we can be part of this major, you know, community and build each other up instead of being like, well, she's doing that. And I can't do that. Like, that's just not the truth. You know, there's, as I mentioned with human design, like we're truly all unique. So there is space for everyone. I know, again, I'm not the only person to say this, but it's really important to me to make mention of the people who have started to lift me because it wasn't, a, it wasn't a one woman show. You know, it's, I've had lots of support support that I craved and that I really liked. Sometimes it's more in a group environment. Sometimes it's one-on-one, but I think it's important to lean on people in your surroundings. And we're more powerful when we're together than when we're just trying to, you know, go through the mud by ourselves. (laughs) We need that hand. If we can all do that, it's just gonna be better for everyone.
1: I would love for you to share. You have co-authoring projects, you've self-published books. How has self-publishing books change the course of your career. And if for anybody who's thinking about, maybe I want to be an author too, but don't know where to start, uh, what should they do? How do you take what you know, put it on a page and assemble it into
0: a new project or a book? Mm. So that whole process can be different for everyone. It depends on You might sit down and write something, Chloe, for like two hours. And you're like, holy, I just wrote like 15,000 words in two hours. Like it depends on the person. Some people like to do it slowly over time. But self-publishing, I want to clarify one major misconception is that, you know, we're not getting rich making millions of dollars by having one book on Amazon, first and foremost. I think that's a misconception. A lot of people think, oh, I'll write a book and I'll put it on Amazon and then millions of people are going to purchase it and I'm going to be a millionaire and that will be the end of the story. I'll be rich. Um, You, yeah, you, you can make money through selling on Amazon and you will make money through selling on Amazon. It's not quite passive because you still need to direct people to go there and actually purchase the thing that you have on Amazon, just in the same way as any other product that you had. If it was on your website, you'd have to tell people I have t-shirts or I make headbands or I make whatever, like you still have to drive people there. But what happens is there is some cool features in Amazon in terms of like keywords and Recommendations, if somebody's searching a similar keyword and your book has the same keyword, it could recommend it. So, like, there are definitely some functions that can help you to get more exposure. And, you know, it is a platform that you've not been on before. If it's the first time that you're publishing. So, a new network of potential clients that might come across you just by virtue of you being there. Um, it becomes a little bit more passive versus active as the years go on. You know, my self love journal, now that it's been on there for a while. It gets recommended a bit more. There's more reviews. There's, you know, things like that that help to to boost it a little bit. But since self-publishing, it's really more about the platform that you can build, the credibility that you're gaining, the way that you can get your message or your method or your system or your blueprint or whatever it is into the hands of more people. Um, Something you can feel really good about because instead of maybe having a, a free PDF that you can get, you can actually tell people you have a book or a workbook or a journal or whatever. On Amazon, it's easy to get people like that. They know it's a credible platform. You know, things like that. There's a lot of benefits. But the biggest thing for me was the um, the opportunity and how things expanded for me in terms of networking and starting to work with you know other brands, starting to work with other businesses, um, leveraging using my author status as you know putting my books into conferences and having those conferences you know purchase books and put them in VIP packages like. It allows there's so many different ways that you could get your message out there. and by having it available on Amazon on an international platform, it's like it it opens up opportunities. It opens up doors or it just makes you see other doors that you didn't see were there, you know? So there's lots of lots of major benefits. And for me, that was the catalyst that really turned my hobby, quote unquote, when I was working my corporate job still, into, hey, now I have a product. now I can use this to create mindset coaching programs and I get my people to purchase the self-love journal and then they use that alongside the program. You know, there's so many different things that you can do with it. So it's not a get rich quick scheme. In fact, it's anything but quick. The process does take time, um, but it's so worth it in the end. So
1: I've loved it and it's it's created a lot of
0: openings for me.
1: For sure. It's a bridge. It's a, you know, a new... Door in terms of opportunities. I think podcasting works the same way, just other ways that boost your credibility in places where you have unique content to you that you can start to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. And something that comes together, even if you're not sure exactly what your business could look like yet, this might be step one and the business may come later, right? But Mm -hmm. I love that you really encourage people to use platforms like podcasting, like you know, self-publishing to start to establish yourself and pick yourself, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Another thing I'd like to add is that writing a book or a journal is not for everyone. (laughs) So as much as I love the, the concept, I love the platform, it's been really beneficial for me. You might be listening to this and thinking, I don't have any interest in writing a book. I don't have any interest in creating a workbook. I'm, you know, building my business this way. I have a podcast or maybe you have a YouTube channel. Like YouTube is not for me but I love podcasting. You know, writing books is something I really love doing. Other people like the video platform more or the audio platform more. So it isn't for everyone, but if it's on your heart, know that it's available to you. It is something that you absolutely can do. So don't let the idea of, I have the desire to do it, but I don't know what to do. Don't let that stop you. If you have the desire to do it, it's available to you. But just, I know that it's not for everyone. So I'm I'm definitely not here to be like, you have to publish because it's going to make you the most successful,
1: like, Not at all. It's, it's personal preference and it's not for everyone. So for sure. People have to know what's right for them based on their skills. If you don't like to write, probably don't write, right? If you don't like writing, then writing a book is probably not a great idea because you're going to probably hate the process. (laughs) Probably not. In your own journey, what would you say has been your biggest challenge in coming to a place where now you can be so confident, so clear in your message? What have you learned about yourself and what are some of the challenges that you have to overcome even on like a daily to be able to produce all this amazing work that you... This is another great question.
0: I think um, human design will come in handy for this as well because... I have some tendencies that I used to really like look down on, I guess, about myself. So for one, we were kind of talking about this earlier because we're both moving at this moment and I'm procrastinating the packing process. I've done some, but I've procrastinated. And what I've learned is the procrastination thing is actually attached to one of our energy centers, the root center. And I have an undefined root center. So you remember when I was talking about consistent access to energy versus inconsistent access to energy. So because my root center is undefined, that means I, it lends itself well to procrastination. So when I'm able to realize I do procrastinate and then understand, oh, that's something that it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a part of me. Then I can kind of leverage it and know it's okay. I'm going to get things done. And, you know, growing up in school, we're always told procrastination is a bad thing. Don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. Make sure you get things done. Plan your time effectively. Well, I do get all my stuff done. Like that's one thing I'm very confident about. I do get things done when they need to be done. It's just that there's kind of a, it's almost like motivation. There's like a pressure center in the root center that helps me to get activated right as my deadline is approaching. So like deadlines really appeal to me. That's just one example of how instead of thinking, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm disorganized, I'm messy and unorganized. Well, that's not the thing. So human design has allowed me to appreciate the things that I'm really good at or the things that I used to say, oh, I'm not good at and just appreciate that everyone's different. And this is the way that I operate 100%. So that's helped me for sure. Also, um, what took me a long time to realize I needed was support of a team. So at the beginning, I really tried to do everything myself because I you know, was trying to save money and I thought I could figure it all out and I could DIY the process. And that's because I DIYed mostly the self-publishing process the first time. Um, I DIYed starting a podcast. And so I thought like, I guess it was almost like a pride thing. Like I, I wanted to show myself that I could do it and I could grit my teeth and like manage it, you know. But it gets to a point where admitting that you not only need help, but desire help. Like it's it's something that you crave and that you want. You want to have support in different areas of your life or in your business. Hiring my first team member, which was basically just a virtual assistant that helped me with various little things. Um, and I have grown now to a much bigger team. I have editors on my team, designers on my team, project manager. And, you know, there was a bit of a fear there. Like, well, oh, I've got to pay all these people to do all these things. But like they operate in their zone of genius. And I'm more able to operate in mind zone of genius. I was a little afraid to take on more people on my team because I think of the control aspect. You know, I've been controlling everything for so long. um, but It's time to let go a little bit and let other people shine, give them an opportunity to, to show their skills and to build their skills. And so definitely delegating and, you know, having others help support the business by working on things that they're really passionate about has been a game changer for me. And again, at the beginning, it is not something that I did. But recently with the growth, it's like, I can't, I can only do all of it for so long. I need to have other support system
1: in there. Right. So I'm nodding my head so hard yeah. maybe on video <laughs> because this is exactly where I'm at. Well, I'm grateful for the team that supports you so that we could be here to have this conversation because there are so many gems even for myself I'm taking away, but I know the listeners are going to take away tons. So let them know where can people connect with you, follow you, get in on more of your goodness. Where can they find
0: you? Yeah. So I have two social profiles where I'm active the most Um, at lead her L E A D H E R underscore Inc is my main account. And then of course I have at leader publishing. So again, lead her publishing. And then my website has everything you could need if you're ever interested in um, more about co-authoring. If you want to look into one-to-one publishing, working with me as a private client. I have a book proposal that you could fill out there if you're like, hey, I have an idea. Um, Or if you've written something and you're like, now I don't know what to do with it because I have this 100-page manuscript and I don't know where to go on my website. You can get that. I also have a free uh, self-published planner download all on my website. So that's just lead-her.com.
1: Thank you so much, Courtney, for this conversation and for being a guest on the show.
0: Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I love doing it. I'll come back anytime if you need another guest.
1: (laughs) You know what to do. Get started right now. We'll see you next time.